Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From WBZ News Radio in Boston, this is New England Weekend. We come together each week, talk about all the topics important to you and the place where you live. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Nicole Davis. We'll start this week's show with Thomas Wilkins. He's an artistic advisor with the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Taking in a concert in person, obviously not possible for us these days. So when the orchestra found their Asia tour canceled because of the virus, he helped bring the show to the whole city at large. We'll talk all about it. And Aubrey Conkergood is the executive director of Cradles to Crowns in Boston. The longtime charity has a brand new emergency fund to help the most vulnerable kids here in Massachusetts as families struggle with unemployment because of the pandemic. So we'll have all the details on how you can help. Well, we're a few weeks into this pandemic now here in Massachusetts, and most of our everyday life has pretty much been derailed. And of course, it's necessary. Social distancing key to flattening the curve and stopping the spread of this virus. But it doesn't mean that we don't miss the things we used to take for granted, like going out to a concert, for example. I don't know about you, but I used to go out as often as I could to go see live music. It's a great way just to let loose and have fun. And I will say, if you've ever been to a concert over at Boston Symphony Hall, you might agree with me that it is an incredible experience. Conductor Thomas Wilkins over at the Symphony recently expanded his role there, and this is such a cool event. He helped to make that live experience available to all of us, even if we can't leave our house. Uh, Thomas Wilkins, the BSO's new Artistic Advisor for Education and Community Engagement. You're on the show with us now. It is great to have you here, sir. We are all stuck at home for the most part right now, and I know that I don't get to get I don't get out to the symphony that often, but now I'm really wishing I could be there, and I think a lot of us are feeling the same way right now. Yeah, we're kind of wishing we could be anywhere other than the grocery store. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'd even yeah. take the diner at this point. I mean, heck, yeah, right. <laughs> whatever, right. whatever it is. But, you know, honestly, we I feel like in a time of a global pandemic or other, you know, uh, times that we have to deal with, we take these uh, wonderful artistic institutions we have for granted. Um, and yeah. I'm really happy to see that the BSO is trying to help put that content out there for us so we can still take it in. Uh, tell us about what BSO at Home is. It is really that. It is, uh, it, it is an endeavor to give as many people as possible access uh, to music or access to some sort of instructional um, uh, format. Um, and uh, it's a way for us to stay connected with our community. Um, and I, I, I wish I had come up with the title myself because I love the title. Just, just to, you know, with an orchestra of that caliber with such a global reputation, to fact, the fact that it's focusing on being at home uh, is, is both poetic and, and kind of appropriate all at the same time. And one of the big features here for BSO at Home and all these programs in general is the concert for our city. And I'm really excited about this. Tell us how this whole concept came to be. You know, once we knew uh, that the, the, an Asia tour was not going to be in the plans 
the staff made, just, especially my colleagues in the education department, just made Herculean efforts to, to try to figure out a way to get the BSO into the community. Um, for one thing, we had now this big window of time that, that we could operate with, but we also wanted it to culminate with a city, with a, with a concert in Symphony Hall um, that was really going to be open to the public. And, I mean, we put the, we put the tickets not even on sale because they were free tickets, but once they became available, the hall was sold out basically, I think within about 35 to 40 minutes. Um, mm. And so that was, that, and, and all of it was last minute. Finding the concert artist, was, the guest artist was last minute. Squeezing it into my schedule. I was in one town, and I was supposed to come home, spend a couple of days, and then fly out to L.A. because I had Hollywood Bowl orchestra auditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I literally just, Came home, spent the night, uh, and flew uh, flew to Boston. Uh, did the rehearsal, did the concert. I actually did a master class first, and then did the rehearsal and the concert. And then that evening, flew straight to LAX, and the next day I had audition. So I mean, everything was just so jam packed. But it was important enough to all of us that we figure out a way to make it work. I can imagine. And by the way, you must be exhausted. <laughs> That's a lot of traveling in this yeah. time of coronavirus. That's a lot to yeah, go right. through. Right, right. And, and well, now I'm off for like, you know, six weeks. And so uh, and I don't do very well with unstructured time. So mm-hmm. I've reorganized two closets in my house and did the work on the garage. And <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of us can really empathize with you right now. We're all we're there. Gonna, you know, we're going to have some clean houses mm-hmm. when this is all over with. And the stuff that's going to be taken to the thrift shops, is gonna, they're going to be overwhelmed with the amount of stuff they receive. But I'm just sure imagine the that. deals. I'm so excited for the deals. <laughs> okay, that notwithstanding. So okay, this, right. this concert, you've worked very hard on this. I'm really excited. Who exactly, um, tell us about the ensemble that you've got performing with you. This is the group that should have been in, in fact, I think they should have been in Shanghai that very day uh, that we did the concert at Symphony Hall. So, um, yeah, it was... Um, it was, you know what, in spite of all of that turmoil of getting there and, you know, getting to L.A. and squeezing in the rehearsal and all that stuff, it was such a beautiful event. I mean, it was so, it, it, concerts typically stay with me a long time after the performance is over anyway. But this one, it was so beautiful because you knew that like 40% of the audience had never been in that hall before. So mm-hmm. there, was that, there was that kind of excitement. And they were, you know, they were seeing the orchestra that, that's right down the street from them um, for the very first time, for crying out loud. And, and then there was such a spirit of uh, belonging to each other in that room that day um, that it was just, I'm just really glad that we were able to do it, even though the circumstances were, you know, um, that the circumstances that got us there weren't weren't anything to be happy about. I'm just really glad that uh, we actually ended up doing it. And some sense of normalcy right now in this yeah. incredibly uncertain uh, time where you know people are dying and we don't know when life is going to get back to anything close to normal. I can no. only imagine just being in there with the poignancy of all of this going on, uh, just kind of sur- that energy surrounding you, but creating something beautiful in the midst of all that. Yeah, and you know, I I was about to I was planning on and then did do a few uh, young people's concerts a couple of weeks later in Boston, and the title of that program I just I borrowed it for this particular concert, and that's the beautiful sounds of friendship, and that's exactly what it was. Um, 
it was this sense of believing in each other and caring for each other and belonging to each other. And I, quite frankly, I think um, one of the benefits of doing this BSO at home and giving people access to music in many different kinds of ways uh, is another way for us to continue the thread of celebrating that belonging and celebrating that friendship so that when we get to the end of all of this, uh, we will be transformed um, um, on so many different levels, and we still have the benefit of music to help us along that journey. I mean, music has always been there, and I have been mentioning on this show several times how I truly do believe uh, that music is something that we can use to heal. I mean, music is there for everything we need, no matter what the emotion. And there's nothing like taking in a live performance. I've seen a few performances at oh, Symphony yeah. Hall, and it's just, I mean, you become overcome with emotion sometimes of just the yeah. beauty and the strength and the power from it. Well, see, this is the thing about beauty is that it humbles all of us. And so when we're in the face of it, we're forced to understand um, the limits of our own humanity uh, and therefore uh, the, the, the need to, to, to celebrate what's most about us that's alike as opposed to what's different. So let's get into the music itself. Um, I see that we've got uh, Brahms, Tchaikovsky. Uh, let's go down what exactly people will hear when they tune into the concert. Yeah, well, we opened with um, the... Um, uh, Eugene Onegin, the polonaise from Eugene Onegin, um, the, the opera of, of Tchaikovsky. Each each piece had a storyline that sort of fed the narrative of of the beautiful sounds of friendship. And in this case, it was it was Tatiana um, and Eugene Onegin, their, their relationship you know, in the very beginning, where Tatiana was kind of had had a crush on him, and he thought no this is not right. And so she goes off and she grows up and she turns into this beautiful woman. And now he wants to have a relationship with her, mm. except she's now already married. And, um, and uh, I made the point that uh, um, sometimes we get so bogged down with labels that we miss the beauty of the essence of someone else. Um, and perhaps that that's what happened with, with Eugene O'Dagan is that he missed the essence of the beauty of Tatiana in the very beginning. Uh, and then we did the, uh, the, um, one one of the one of the dances from Estancia, um, and uh, and that's uh, uh, that's the that's the that's the dance of the of the Argent, Argentines version of the cowboys, the gauchos, you know, and and it's a and in this case the the city boy falls in love with the with the farm girl, but she, he knows nothing about her, and she basically says to him that you have to learn something about me if you want to have a relationship with me. And, mm. um, uh, and we did. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go out of order, but the, we did a movement from the Dvorak Cello Concerto with a young man who's clearly headed for something really spectacular in his life, and he was 21 years old, 20 years old, I think, um, uh, and just a fantastic musician. Um, and, a, and a great spirit, and that that was a lot of fun. I was so proud to be on stage with that, that young guy. And uh, but we ended the program with the, the the last movement of Brahms' First Symphony. And in this piece, he he um, in the writing of this piece, he refers to that beautiful horn call that's at the uh, in the very almost the very beginning of the movement, uh, and uh, and then answered by the flute. Uh, and he says that it was it was actually he didn't say he borrowed the tune from a, a melody that he wrote as a birthday gift to Clara Schumann, where he said, uh, from high on the mountain and deep in the valley, I send you a thousand greetings, something like that. That's kind of a paraphrase. Mm. 
And I thought, what a beautiful gesture um, of, of, of friendship. Um, and that was how we ended the ended the afternoon, and it was uh, it was absolutely glorious. We, we also did, by the way, um, the the lyric for strings by George Walker. Um, and it's it's much like the adagio for strings of Samuel Barber, that kind of that kind of sound world, uh, and that kind of emotional surge. And it was a piece that he wrote uh, after his grandmother died, someone he was very close to. Um, so everything on the program had some sense of what connection with each other can sound like. Um, and it was it was just, as I say, it was something that I'll remember for a long time. Well, what are you working on? I know that you're working on your closet now, but what comes next for you? You know, now that you've done this great concert with the BSO, what what's in the future for you? Well, there's so much uncertainty. You know, um, I, you know, I work in four different places, and uh, you know, uh, Jacob School of Music at Indiana University. Where t- I, you know, I taught a I taught a conducting seminar today uh, on on uh, um, Zoom, and <laughs> I hadn't even heard of Zoom three weeks ago. You know? <laughs> so, Me either, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, and everything else in Omaha, uh, we've suspended the season until May 3rd so far. Um, and, and, you know, you know what's going on in Boston. Uh, the Hollywood Bowl, we haven't made a call yet because our season doesn't start till mid-June. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I'm sort of calling this a mini sabbatical, and I've created three basic pillars that I want to pursue on a daily basis. Uh, one is productivity, one, the second one is growth, and the third one is uh, renewal. And so under each of those sort of umbrellas, I have a, a subset of things that I want to make sure that I do, because I want to make sure that I continue to grow in this downtime and mm. not just use it to play golf and clean my closets. <laughs> um, and so I have I have a, a, a sort of daily assignments, including rest, by the way, because I'm, as I said, I don't I don't do well with unstructured time. Um, so that's kind of what's on the radar for me right now. And I, you know, I'm, I'm turning to repertoire that I know that I'm conducting next season, um, and hopefully repertoire that I, that uh, that we will get to do the late spring and into the summer. So there's there's plenty to do, and I think maybe one of my messages to your listeners is just you can. Be still, but don't stand still. Um, and, uh, um, you know, trust that we'll get through this, but just commit to yourself that when this is over, you're going to be a better human being. Wise words. Wise words I think we could all hear, honestly, right about now. Uh, Thomas Wilkins, you have been fantastic. Thank you for coming on, telling us all about the concert for our city, and thank you for taking part in that, too. My pleasure. Take care. You, too. Uh, Now, the pandemic is doing a number on business all over the state, and unfortunately, that's translating into the unemployment rate soaring. People are either getting furloughed or losing their jobs completely. Maybe you're one of them. This is leaving families vulnerable during a very volatile period of uncertainty. Uh, The government is promising to send a bit of help, but it doesn't solve a lot of the everyday problems, at least not right away. Uh, We're talking about food and clothing and diapers and the most basic needs for children and families. Cradles to Crayons in Boston, now in Newton, has been helping families ensure their kids have what they need for years. Now they say they are doubling down on those efforts, but they need your help to do it. With us here on New England Weekend to talk all about it is Aubrey Conkergood. She is the executive director of... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cradles to Crayons in Boston. Hi, Aubrey. So glad to be here. And thank you for, you know, encouraging us to be with you this weekend. Now, Cradles to Crayons has been around for quite some time here in Massachusetts. Most people, I think, know about who you are and what you do. Uh, But for those listening who may not be so familiar, I'd say give us a quick rundown about uh, your group and what you do and who you uh, benefit here in Massachusetts. You're you're right. The Cradles to Crayons has been around for 18 years. um, And it was really, it's been built on the mission to help children and families living in poverty. So essentially, you know, we want to make sure that all kids around Massachusetts have the essential items they need, whether it's clothing, shoes, winter coats, backpacks filled with school supplies. At the younger ages, you know, that's when we really start to talk about diapers, hygiene kits for school-age children. And we want them to have those essentials so they can thrive at home, at school, and at play. You know, the mission um, that has, you know, grown and grown over the years um, to become such a part of the families and partners that we work with and being able to supply those needs. So give us some insight then into this new emergency fund, obviously a very important time for something like this. How did the idea come about and, and what's your goal here? So the Cradle to Crayons Emergency Essentials Fund uh, was recently launched just within the last week. And the reason we came up with it um, was really because we are seeing a huge increase and urgent need in the families um, that we work with around Boston and Massachusetts um, as COVID-19, you know, has suddenly appeared um, throughout Massachusetts over the last few weeks, six weeks. Um, These families in need who don't have kids in school and, um, you know, some are no longer working because businesses have shut down. There's just been this increase in diapers and hygiene kits and clothing um, that we're seeing at levels we haven't seen before. So Cradles has rolled this out. Are you getting the support you need so far to make this happen? Uh, we are starting to receive support. And for us, you know, part of our model has always been built on volunteers and people in the community donating their gently recycled clothes, toys, books, and games. And we have always traditionally also given out diapers and hygiene kits, um, but those are all new products. So the Emergency Essentials Fund uh, was really initiated so we could start to purchase more diapers, more hygiene kits, new product to give out to families. We have run out of most of that product already within Mm. the first kind of two or three weeks. And so we are now raising money to be able to purchase more product to donate out to our families. We are lucky that we are an essential service in Massachusetts. And so we are able to be out working with our partners, homeless shelters, um, the organizations that are helping the school children now, and we're able to get product to them. Now, you deal with families and you work with families who are dealing with uh, some pretty uh, heavy stuff as it is. Before we had the pandemic, uh, you were working with families who are struggling with hunger, who are struggling with, you know, food insecurity and uh, supplies insecurity, that sort of thing. I can only imagine as we make our way into the first few weeks of this pandemic, one that's probably not going to uh, be resolving anytime soon, uh, the need must just be skyrocketing. 
It is skyrocketing. And I think you're absolutely correct that we are just starting to see the beginning of it. A few weeks ago, uh, when we closed our offices, similar to, you know, many organizations around Boston, uh, the need was really, we, our partners were just starting to understand the need um, with their families. And, and that, you know, really took, um, it was a short-term need of we're running out of diapers, we're running out of, you know, toothpaste and toothbrushes and the essentials we need. Um, but it's starting to evolve and change, and families are really beginning to reach out to us with the need for, you know, school kits for kids who are doing school from home, for clothing, um, especially, you know, we imagine in the next few weeks as the seasons start to change over and kids have been growing, that, that need for um being able to replenish or give what they don't have is becoming that much more critical. And one of the areas we see this the most, you know, when you think about the over 50,000 kids that attend the Boston public schools and other schools all around Massachusetts, and they're not going to school. So those kids who many times received um, meals at school, you know, their families now are providing them meals at home and the expenses are getting greater and greater. So where we can step in and help provide um, some of the essentials at this time is really critical. Well, the best thing about BPS right now is they're helping to provide meals. I was just thinking about these kids who are not in school right now, many of whom depend on these meals every day. Are you working with Boston Public Schools to help with that or are you focusing on the meals outside the house or outside school, I should say? Mm -hmm. We, so yes, and they are doing a fantastic job. And, you know, even outside of the Boston public schools, um, we do know that the kids are getting the meals and the need that we've started to see as, as families are going in and, and receiving those meals, um, there are other needs that they have. So we're starting to get requests on the essentials that we provide, you know, with clothing and with diapers, and uh, we're getting requests to be able to then service through some of those organizations and schools. Going to the store right now, it's hard for pretty much all of us to find the most essential of items. We're talking, you know, hand sanitizer and, and Lysol and bleach, but everything down to toilet paper and paper towels. Is this sort of shortage affecting how you are able to procure the items that you need to get out to these kids? How is this affecting cradles to crayons? I would say uh, very similarly to what we're seeing in the stores. You know, I think diapers have been out for quite some time, depending on the store you go to. And, I, and I've spoken a lot about it, and it's probably because it is the one thing that um, we quickly ran out of at Cradles to Crayons. It was one of the reasons we launched the Emergency Essentials Fund, because we are able to source it from around the U.S. Um, and be able to purchase product at a less expensive price. Um, although it's, it is getting much tougher right now, we are working really diligently to be able to do that, to be able to then quickly get it out into the, to the partners and the families that need it. You're well known in the city of Boston and around greater Boston, but talk to us about how far exactly you all reach. It's not just inside 128. Exactly. And in fact, as we have been um, working over the past few weeks with partners all around Massachusetts, um, Springfield going, you know, much more outside of uh, the 128 area. We're making sure that we are um, delivering and working with partners all across the region because the, the need is so great. And um, so we continue to get requests and continue to fulfill requests um, all over the state. 
Now, let's talk about how people can help, because obviously you've got the emergency fund. This is important. But somebody listening might say, hey, I want to volunteer. I want to actually get out there and help. Are you looking for volunteers right now? We are not looking for volunteers right now. So similar um, to most others, we are our stay at home. We have a few people from Cradles to Crans working in our giving factory who are getting the products ready to go out in, into, um, you know, around Massachusetts and actually delivering some of them. The volunteers we ask because we have such a huge, um, you know, support system of volunteers that are in typically in our giving factory, you know, every day, six days a week, helping us. Um, So we are really asking right now for families as they're doing their spring cleaning as they're home for, you know, several weeks or more to be putting aside the gently used clothing that they can then, you know, when we're all um, back and and in our offices and and out and about um, that we can gather and quickly Um, bring to our giving factory to uh, give back out to our partners. So I would say do your spring cleaning. Uh, We take um, clothing, children's clothing, along with uh, small and medium-sized adult clothing. And then we're also looking for gently used books, toys, puzzles, school supplies. So if everyone can put them aside, you know, in the next month or two, hopefully we will be gathering them all back at the Giving Factory. Yeah, that's definitely important, I think, to mention that we shouldn't be going down to the Giving Factory right now. We shouldn't be calling you up right now. We got to hold on to these, at least for now, even if you do sanitize and clean them. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, very important. But we would like them. And, and um, as soon as we're able to, uh, we will be collecting them. So how do you then uh, suggest if people want to give diapers, if people maybe want to somehow get any other essentials to you that kids might need and families might need, how can they go about doing that? So right now, the best way um, that people can help us is by donating to the Emergency Essentials Fund. So our website, cradlestocrans.org slash Boston and Emergency Fund. You will see it right when you go on the Cradle Stokrans Boston website. Donating to the Emergency Fund allows us to purchase new product to quickly um, distribute to those families in need. That's our biggest priority. And then as, you know, we are quickly raising money for the Emergency Essentials Fund, the next priority will be for us in the coming month or two to gather all the clothing um, and books and gently used toys that people have been collecting in their homes and bringing it into the giving factory. Are you, by the way, able to supply anything for adults as well, or is this just focusing on kids? Uh, Cradles to Crams has traditionally just been focused on kids. And so what we're distributing and, you know, who we've always provided for are typically children age 0 through 12, Um, But I also look at it as it's supporting those families in need. So while we're not directly impacting or being able to provide clothing to um, the parents, you know, hopefully we are helping the family as a whole. Well, every little bit counts at a time like this. And honestly, I'm sure the community is incredibly grateful for you and all the work you're doing to try to help these families out. Thank you. And so are we. You know, we, um, all of us that work at Cradle to Crans, we're here because we're so passionate about the mission. And this is such unexpected times. 
but to be able to help and be, you know, in the forefront um, to help some of these families navigate it and um, is, has been really important to us. So, you know, while we at Cradles to Cran say thank you to the, the people supporting us, um, there also, as we know, so many other healthcare workers and, you know, emergency workers that are out there doing amazing work. And Cradles to Crans is just glad to be able to um, jump in and really help these families around Massachusetts right now. For sure. And quickly, before I let you go, I do know that you recently moved into a new space for your giving factory. Uh, You've been in Boston for a long time, but now you've moved a little bit west of the city. How's that going? Fantastic. So I will say, and I've, I've referenced the Giving Factory. So for those who aren't aware, you know, the Giving Factory is really um, our operations and the heart of Cradles to Crans, where families can come in and volunteer when we're open to sort clothing and to make um, clothing packets for children and school supplies. And then those go out to the children in need around Massachusetts. And it was early March when we moved into our new giving factory. We call it our forever home. Mm -hmm. It is a building in Newtonville that we were able to purchase and renovate to um, really meet our growing need. Um, And we've only been in it for about a week until we actually, you know, had to close it down and we are staying at home so we cannot wait to get back um, to our new location in Newtonville it's not far from where we had been Mm -hmm. um, but we know that having this uh, new forever home will allow us to operate cradles to crayons for years and years to come absolutely a light at the end of the tunnel we could all use that right now absolutely yes all right Aubrey Conkergood you are doing great work thank you so much for coming on the executive director for cradles to crayons Boston Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Nicole. We really appreciate it. All right. My thanks this week to my guests, Thomas Wilkins and Aubrey Conkergood. Great to have you both on the show. And a reminder to you that WBZ, we on the news team, we are working hard to try to get you all the information you need in hopes of making informed decisions through what you could easily call a very volatile and very uh, confusing and uncertain time. It's not easy for anybody right now. So if you don't have a radio, maybe you're listening to this on the podcast, you can pull us up on your smart speaker. Just say play WBZ News Radio on iHeartRadio. You can also stream WBZ on the iHeartRadio app. And if you do happen to have a radio at home, of course, as always, we are at 1030 on the radio dial. And if you want to catch back episodes of the podcast as well here for New England Weekend, that would be great. I'd appreciate that. Uh, You can find us on the website as well. Again, WBZ1030.com. You can also find us, too, on any of your favorite streaming services like Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, iTunes. We are up on all of those. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will get through this together. I promise you that. I'll be back with you again next week. Uh, Join us again for another edition of New England Weekend, same time, same place. I'm Nicole Davis from WBZ News Radio on iHeartRadio. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.